Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to our latest Outsports podcast. It is February, the NFL season is over. Sid and I go into sports hibernation pretty much. Um, and I think we both came down with a cold in San Francisco because I'm fighting mine. Sid, you still sick? Oh, mine's not a cold. Mine is everything. It's stomach <laughs> and oh, it's a, it's it's not it's not fun. Not the way I wanted to return home. Yeah, Sid was on a cruise, which I think uh, contributed to his uh, health problem oh, well. right now. And uh, then in San Francisco for a week, and he left Saturday because he didn't have a game credential and. He was hurting when I last saw him, and I started getting something two days ago. So that's what a week in San Francisco will do to you. But we had a great time at the Super Bowl. I had a great time at the Super Bowl Sunday since the Broncos won. I, Sid wrote something today that Outsports is 2-0 and uh, and <laughs> having our favorite teams win the Super Bowl while we're present. This is pretty – it's quite a coincidence. I mean, I mean, magic, totally. We're, we're The power of Outsports is incredible. Because <laughs> last year we – got one credential, and the agreement was if the Broncos win, I would go. Otherwise, Sid would go. Well, it turns out the Broncos lost in the playoffs. Sid went to go, and it was the Patriots, and they won. So this year I got the game credential regardless of who was in it, and it turned out to be the Broncos and Peyton Manning, my favorite player. So um, we spent a week up there, which is a long time to be there. The NFL really stretches this stuff out. But as Sid saw, the game at day itself is really fantastic, and and as a media member, you get access to the locker room, which is where you really get to see. I mean, the players really are a lot more relaxed, especially when they won the Super Bowl, because Sid was in the New England locker room last year. I was in the Denver locker room. And, I mean, everybody's laughing and joking, and it's just a it's a wonderful experience. So, Well, see, I, um, I did not go into the Seahawks locker room last year. Did you go into the Panthers locker room this year? I did not go into the Panthers' locker room this year. I, I would be, I was, I, I would be curious what the atmosphere was there. Well, I decided I was going to the Denver locker room, win or lose, because I kind of follow I follow the team so closely. And at the at the various interview sessions, I was asking questions that I think a lot of reporters weren't asking because I really know the team well. And I was just determined to go into Denver's locker room either way. And uh, just turned out that they won. And I mean. You know, guys were passing around the trophy to each other, and then when Peyton came in, it was really like the Pope arriving. It was such a scrum, and uh, I probably got within three feet of him because I'm so tall. But uh, you know, it was uh, he was beaming. It was like you know, if he doesn't retire, I'd be shocked. It just almost like he looked like as a guy at peace. It's he got a second championship regardless of how he played. It goes on the books as two rings, and you know, kind of like perfectly ending full circle from where his career started. Well, I, I was at a, a party in West Hollywood with 700 of my closest friends, and one of the guys at near the end of the game said, "Oh, well, Peyton doesn't deserve this one." And I said, "Well, why doesn't he deserve it?" He said, "He, you know, he sucked. He didn't. He didn't play like a champion. He shouldn't even get a, tr- a, a ring." And I said, "Well, he played better than his counterpart, Cam Newton." Well, yeah, but he still didn't play well. So, and it, it's it was that I don't like Peyton Manning, but. For crying out loud, the guy, des- whoever wins, deserves that ring. That period end of story. I don't care how they play it. If you win, you deserve it. 
Well, people don't know. John Elway threw for 130 yards, no touchdowns, one interception in his first Super Bowl win. Nobody remembers that. Nobody remembers Brady yeah. throwing for 149 yards in his first Super Bowl win. No one remembers Ben Roethlisberger having the worst quarterback rating ever in a Super Bowl for a winning quarterback. It's a team game. I mean, Peyton's had years where he has carried the team into the playoffs and was the best player in the playoffs, and they didn't win, and so he gets labeled a choker. So now that he's you know won with basically being not doing nothing but handing the ball off for pretty much the second half, it's like you know you win as a team as you lose as a team, and uh, which is a perfect segue into our guest who I think has been holding for a second, um, Luke McAvoy, a University of Minnesota, a former University of Minnesota college football player who wrote a fantastic article today or last night about, I'm sorry, the, yesterday about his coming out process. Come on, Jim, um, you, can, with, you can do it. With the, yeah, so we can San Francisco do that to you with the Golden Gophers and um, Luke, are you there? Yeah, yeah. How are you guys doing? Good, Luke. So, do you think Peyton Manning deserves his, his second ring? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I think you said it right. It's a team game. Uh, and regardless of how individuals played, the team won and uh, should be rewarded thusly. Well, Luke, we're having you on because your story really has gotten a lot of attention. We've, it has almost 8,000 Facebook shares. I know you've been doing a lot of uh, Twin Cities media. So, kind of start, like, tell us what has the reaction been since the story landed uh, yesterday morning? Uh, it's been surreal. Uh, I mean, I was teaching. I have uh, two prep periods during the day, and um, I got to my first one, and my phone uh, basically wouldn't stop buzzing um, from different messages of support from, I mean, guys I haven't talked to since eighth grade all the way to, uh, you know, Coach Lime Grover, Coach Kill reaching out. So it's been uh, unbelievable. And I heard you heard from what? the athletic director? Yep, yeah, um, Beth Getz gave me a call, uh, and we, we chatted for a little bit. It was a great message of support, and uh, I'm really thankful she reached out. What spurred you to write to us on Twitter back on January 20th saying, I've seen some of these stories and want to share mine? What, what, what was the thought process behind that and, and the genesis of it that day? Um. I remember it was one of the podcasts I was listening to. I recently discovered you guys' podcast through a friend. Um, and you guys were talking about um, different people that are out within sport, um, front office people, uh, free, and um, how them coming out has had power in it and uh, being that kind of role model for people and seeing that this is possible. And uh, I kind of sat there, talked to my brother that night about it a little bit, and he uh, he kind of helps convince me that I should reach out and tell my story. Well, you know, were you, you afraid of doing so? I, like, were you afraid of doing so so publicly? Um, I wouldn't. Uh, I mean, a little bit of a, a fear of doing it so publicly, but uh, for a long time, I just kind of held the belief that uh, you know, straight people don't have to come out as straight. Why should I have to come out as gay to the whole world? It's uh, to me, you know, it's a, it's very much a, a personal thing, but. Um, in the past few months, I've kind of realized that uh, there's not many individuals within uh, the three sports that are gay, that are former, current players that are out, that really people can see their stories. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting point, and we've often made it about, you know, I'll ask straight people, what day did you choose to come out? And they kind of 
to kind of get it then. It's a really tough process to sort of, you know, have to declare something that straight people simply get taken for granted um, and never have to deal with it. But it's the only way that there is visibility. I mean, you know, we're not a different color from straight people, so we have to be publicly, you know, visible for anybody to kind of know we're out there. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, uh, it's one thing you can't you can't tell the difference between a uh, straight person, gay person, and um, especially for I mean, uh, younger athletes, and that is kind of realizing that um, and seeing that they're not going that they're not the only ones going through this. That there's countless others that have as well. Though I do disagree that sometimes you actually can tell that someone is gay. I actually think that that's true. <laughs> no. you know, you're probably right there. <laughs> Nobody ever thought Johnny Weir was straight. I, 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 well, actually, uh, there were a few housewives in Ohio who did, but other than them, <laughs> nobody thought that. No, <laughs> you know, yeah, I probably should have. Yeah, you, uh, you are right there. <laughs> We just, we just. One of the things you wrote uh, in your story that I, in your first draft that I edited was basically, you know, you didn't know of any other gay athletes. And I wrote back and said, God, it seems impossible to believe with Michael Sam, Jason Collins, and all the stories that if you simply Googled gay athletes, you'd get hundreds of, of and thousands of links. And you said something about the idea that you didn't even want to know or didn't even search. What was the thought process of sort of feeling like the idea that you're almost isolated? Um, you know, I think it's partially um, I felt isolated. I think I do it to myself um, because I think for a long time uh, I figured if I ignored it, it would go away. Um, that if I kind of focused elsewhere, it would go away. Um, and if I started, you know, Googling gay athletes or – um, figuring out more that way that it makes it more real somehow. Uh, and at that point in my life, I was still just trying to deny it and say, okay, this is a phase. I'll get over it. I mean, so uh, you, things you, have been so, changed. So, so by, 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 by realizing that other, there are other people like you, it m- made it more real and that scared you. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when I was in high school and that, You said at one point that your that your your mom told you that you should keep the secret to yourself. Tell us more about that. Um, yeah, that was a that was a, a harrowing few days. Uh, I kind of made the decision uh, before my senior year of football started that I had to tell somebody, and so I kind of told myself I'd do it one day and found a way to squirm out of it. And I finally did that a few days before I told her. Um, and she told me that I should hide it, um, no matter what. Um, and I think, uh, I mean, that crushed me. It, it, I mean, it took me a long time to kind of get over that. And then, uh, she got sick shortly after that. Um, and that, that didn't help either. So, uh, it was, it was a hard time, but I think it was the right advice at the time. Uh, she, I had no doubt she was looking out for my best interest where, I was growing up was not the most progressive uh, town, and it would not have uh, allowed me to be Luke. It would have been labeled uh, the the big gay football player instead of being uh, just Luke. And you have a twin brother that you told the team first before you told him, and you wrote that 
if the team rejected you, you could have taught, you could have accepted it, but not if your brother did. Tell tell us how you came to tell your brother, and did he somehow have an inkling? Since twins seem to kind of have that kind of stuff, from what I hear. Uh, you know, that is probably one of the biggest surprises in this whole, uh, in my whole coming out is that he has no clue. Um, he, uh, he, he kind of, he always jokes about it, that, you know, um, for as bad as a liar as I am, that he can't believe I pulled that one over on him. Um, but I mean, I don't think, I mean, we, we shared a room for 21 years of our lives. I think there's, we played football together. We did absolutely everything together. If, uh, if he would have, um, rejected me or turned his back on me, I don't think, uh, I don't know what I would have done. And, uh, he, he took it very well. He, um, he, his, he was, after asking me if I was joking, he uh, goes, okay, I'm glad that's it. Cause he thought it was something else. But, uh, so it was, um, an interesting night. I want to go back and, and talk about that, um, the fear that you had when you when you told your mom because the idea that you know you you'd be afraid of being labeled the the gay guy who you are in your hometown uh, uh, a six foot five very large strong man who uh, was successful in his own hometown as a football player. And and you're suddenly worried that all that's going to get thrown out the window, and you're going to suddenly be the gay guy. What? How how do you reconcile that? Because it's it, I mean, to me as an outsider, it's like, gosh, how could this big strong football player even think that? Yeah, um, you know, looking back on on it, I can't truly believe it. Um, I don't know where I was at the time in my head, um, but I mean. Uh, I mean, high school, it's its a whole different animal. And, I mean, this was, oh, what was that, in 2010 when I was trying to go through, when I was going through all this. And, I mean, uh, it wasn't the most supportive environment at the time, um, at least what I thought. I mean, it, I don't know because I was hiding it, but and that, that's kind of the thing that I'm trying to realize in the more I kind of process and think about this and when I sat down and read, wrote about it is it was a lot in my head um, and it was all these scenarios I created in my head and that was kind of a um, thing keeping me away from being who I wanted to be. And have any of them come true? I mean, the people, have you heard any negativity or has anyone you talked to heard any negativity from any people in your hometown? Um, No, that's... <laughs> That's kind of the, um, uh, I don't want to use the word amazing, but it's kind of the surprising thing. Uh, everything I thought it would be is not at all. It's uh, so much better than it was. I mean, I had my high school football coach reached out and sent a, a letter saying, you know, he was really happy for me and what I chose to do and that I decided to tell my story. My O-line coach did the same thing. I had teachers reach out for him and just kind of, Realizing that it was way more supportive than I thought it would have been, and um, that I, I it might have been the wrong thing uh, to hide it for all those years. But you did write that when you you didn't come out to your team in a general announcement. You told two teammates, and kind of word got around like it would. But that there was some there were people who were not 
very positive initially. Were they were they simply ignoring you, shunning you, or and, and did you get some of them to turn around? Well, I mean, through a few conversations, uh, a few of the few people both uh, on campus, uh, you know, it took a, just kind of talking and getting past that uh, initial reaction. Um, and they, I think the majority of them came around. And then those that didn't, uh, we just seemed not to cross paths anymore. Well, since you shared your story on Outsports, how many people who you didn't know have reached out to you in the last 24 hours, and how many of them are, are, are gay athletes or coaches? Um, people that I didn't know, I mean, my inbox has about 500 unread messages right now. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm slowly getting through those. Um, but uh, as I've seen messages from uh, individuals that are 60 years old that have never come out and talking about how they're just now doing it to I've gotten a few from uh, high school athletes that are out and saying that, you know, that they're really happy with how, with how things went for them. And it's, it's been amazing the the, the variety of stories that uh, people are telling me and the support that they're, they're uh, sending. But doesn't uh, this again, again but, but, oh, I, saying, I can't give you an exact number of, uh, uh, you know, how many are athletes or coaches and that, but, I mean, it's they're, they're mixed in there. But doesn't it, I mean, it tells me the power of the story. I mean, writing a first-person story, you know, you, you wrote it in your own words and everything, and, again, it comes down to the idea of the visibility that until yesterday, nobody outside of your small circle and your, you know, team and friends and family knew, you know, your sexual orientation and now it's public, and now you're inspiring people pretty much across the country, and I imagine you're going to get emails from various parts of the world. And, again, it's it something Sid and I talk about. is really that if you're in a position to do it, we think people have almost a responsibility to come out as long as it's not going to, you know, somehow harm them. Do you agree with that or not? Uh, I, I agree. Um, I think is I'm a big believer that if, if you're given an opportunity um, – it's your uh, obligation to try to give that uh, opportunity to somebody else. And I, Michael Sam gave me an opportunity to kind of test the waters with my friends before I, uh, before I came out to them. And he was a, a big name to do it. Um, and he gave me an opportunity to kind of see how they'd react. And is this time around, it's my, it's my turn to give that chance to somebody else. Maybe they weren't the star player. Maybe they're just another practice squad guy seeing that, hey, you don't have to be the star player to stay on the team. The practice squad guy does as well. You uh, won the Tony Dungy Character and Community Service Award I saw on the Gopher Sports site. And I'm curious, one, what did you do to win that? Why did you win that award? And two, how do you feel about winning an award named after – Tony Dungy, who has been an uh, an, an avid homophobe, uh, proactive for the last ten years. Um, well, to to get the award, the team voted on that, uh, and that's kind of the community service outreach kind of character award for the team. Um, and I was my four years at Minnesota. I was uh, very involved in our magic program, maroon and gold, impacting the community. 
and going out and volunteering at different schools, um, and then as well as the uh, Student Athlete Advisory Council. And so I think that kind of helped with that. Um, as for the name of the award, uh, I take it as an opportunity to prove them wrong. Uh, I mean, is each one of us were so many different identities at, a, at the same time. And, you know, Tony Dungy's done some good things in his life. Uh, his stance on uh, uh, homosexuality is not something uh, that I would label good or even close to bad. It's much worse than that. But is it's an opportunity to show him that, hey, you know, um, gays can be on the team and they're not a distraction. They're actually there to help out. They can play just as well as anyone else can. Yeah, to me, I would call and take almost like a badge of honor, like, you know, there you go, Tony. They awarded they awarded an honor, and Tony played for the University of Minnesota, which is why the award is he has an yeah. award for that. Um, you know, and they gave it to a gay guy. Yeah. So you know, uh, I don't know how he'd react to that, but uh, you know, we'll see. So what what what's what's next for you? I mean, you're you're a school teacher. Are you are are the students? Do the students know what what has happened? Do the other 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 teachers harassing you? Do you even have time to teach class the last couple of days? Uh, I mean, is, teaching is uh, is right now is my number one priority. So, uh, you know, I have uh, I teach middle school in Milwaukee um, at the Hmong American Peace Academy. Those kids uh, they challenge me every day. If I'm not on my game, uh, they're not getting the education they deserve. Uh, so I've been focusing there, and it's been. Uh, trying to figure out how to fit this in on the side. Um, the teachers, uh, the, the they've been incredibly supportive as, as they've kind of come around to the article and stumbled upon it themselves. Um, I have a feeling the, the students are going to find out soon enough as they like to Google me. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't heard yet or they, you know, someone didn't, you know, because, I mean, people – Obviously, we're seeing the story because you were getting media calls. I assume all day because I saw you in the, you know, the the, the Minnesota papers, Minnesota media. I know you're going to be on Bleacher Report podcast in a bit. So clearly, people have seen. Associated Press wrote about it. People have clearly seen the story. I'm a little bit surprised yeah. that these students said, "Oh my God, our teacher's famous." Yeah, you know, uh, it, it takes them a day or two to find things uh, on the internet. They they're usually uh, either talking to each other, or playing video games. Um, from what I've been able to gather, so it might take them a few days to see this one. Well, Luke, so um, are you are you open to being a speaker if you're asked to speak it? You know, before various LGBT groups, or um, I mean, I guess to talk about like what is your? Do you have any advocacy, you know, goals in long term because of this? Uh, yeah, there's there's been a few emails uh, mixed in there of asking if I'd be willing to speak places, and uh, uh, I, I am. I I, I think uh, the power of telling one story and opening formats for people to tell their own story is uh, incredible, and if I can help facilitate that, that's kind of a, a goal of mine. I've always wanted um, kind of a, a life goal of mine is to write a book of uh, the average American. Uh, and telling their stories. And if this is one way I can start down that path, this is uh, as good a way to start as any. Well, well the greatest wanna... impact that you can... 
but the greatest but, impact that you can have is you know is is going back to your roots, going back to your high school where you were a player, and going back to the University of Minnesota, and and then talking with those people and being there for for the athletes who are LGBT there now. So I I hope that that you know you'll get that opportunity or or you'll you'll try to create that opportunity because those are the people that you'll have the the biggest impact on the people who you know are what kind of walking the path that you that you've walked. Yeah, no, that that would be uh, great. I I make it up to Minneapolis uh, just about every other month to see my brother who's still living up there, Kyle. And so I mean, uh, if I'm ever invited, I'm more than willing to speak up there. Well, I imagine you'll get an invitation. Um, I want to ask you one question, uh, kind of off topic, but one of your best friends on the team was Pete Mortel, who was the holder. We ran a picture of you and him together, but he had this funny thing where, what he like a couple years ago, he declared himself what that like the Big Ten holder of the year, which is an award he totally just made up, and he kind of had a sense of humor about it. And now, like all these other holders in the Big Ten, every year claim they're the holder of the year. Can you sort of give us some background? It was just kind of goofy but fun. Uh, Peter Mortel is one of the greatest human beings I've ever encountered. He has an incredible sense of humor. Uh, I mean, his special teams in football is kind of uh, something that gets ignored. Uh, as long as you make the PAT, your name's never remembered. Um, and even if you miss it, it's usually the kicker that's remembered, not the holder. Uh, and so he had always um, talk about how special teams get neglected at these award ceremonies and he was going to do something about that. And, you know, he, he did it in great fashion, named himself uh, Big Ten Holder of the Year. I think he uh, ended up speaking at the uh, College Football Awards uh, this year. Uh, I think they, I don't know if they actually gave him an award or not, but he, he was up there. Um, and, I mean, Peter has an amazing sense of humor. If you ever get a chance, uh, I recommend following him on Twitter. It's, uh, it, it'll, it'll brighten your day. I am well, going You get right our now. vote for, for what? That's it. I'm going right now to Twitter and finding him. What is his Twitter handle? Uh, I want to say it's pmortel37. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, yeah. we can follow him now. Follow him on Outsports, but uh, <laughs> honestly, his uh, well, his background covers him running away from uh, five or six uh, Nebraska players. Uh. <laughs> but what I like is now other holders at other schools are now saying, no, they're the Big Ten holder of the year this year. Like they 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 this mock award has now become something they're all vying for, all because uh, Peter huh. started it. Yeah, he's he's started his fair share of things. The five dollar uh, bits of a broken chair trophy between us and uh, Nebraska, he had a hand in making. Um, and that's uh, one of the more humorous trophies we play for. Maybe we'll have him on a podcast. We're talking college football one of these days. It sounds like it'd be a real hoot. Oh yeah, he's he's a blast. Well, look, we both want to thank you for a being on the podcast, but also more importantly for kind of reaching out and telling your story. I remember one of your things on Twitter, well, I'm not sure I could write really well. Well, you wrote a fantastic story. It didn't take, it took very little editing, and you really wrote from the heart, and it's had an impact. So um, we cannot thank you enough um, for kind of, you know, raising visibility, which is what Sid and I kind of preach all the time. Yeah, thank you guys for this opportunity. I mean, it's been, uh, it's been so much better than I even imagined it would be. Well, well, if you visit Los Angeles, you definitely got to see both of us. So, 
and we'll see you somewhere along the road. All right. yeah, sounds good. Well, that was Luke McAvoy, and uh, Sid was one of the better stories we've had in a while, and the power of football, it gets a lot of attention. College football, the NFL, and, and even high school football, every time we write about those, it, it's people – People, it's the most popular sport in America by far. It's, polls say it's as popular as all the other sports combined. So, and you know, it, it it defines masculinity in our culture. And it's so you know, it's not a surprise that it's a football story that that explodes today. Yeah, and uh, you know, Luke, just being in a big Big Ten, we don't have a lot of sort of major college. It used to be called Division One. Now I think it's FBS. Um, but again, it's the one thing we've preached forever. You know, being visible and you know, now Luke's visible and he's going to make an impact. So um, so now we have uh, the off-season from football, and it's at least it's 85 degrees in L.A., so we're not suffering weather-wise. But um, we have the Olympics coming up this year, so it's going to be a busy 2016. Um, but that's all the time we have for now. Uh, we will be talking about something next week. There's always something to talk about. Hopefully Sid and I will both be um, recovered by then. And... Um, We will talk to you later.